Oh, hi. Today I'm going to be interviewing a very good friend of mine. Her name is Devin. Spoiler alert, she is a financial analyst. But if you have absolutely no idea what a financial analyst is, that's okay. Because I didn't either. (laughs) So we're going to learn together. But I'm not here to tell you what a financial analyst is or does. So I'm going to let Devin do that. Hi, I'm Devin, and this is When I Grow Up. Devin, 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 Devin. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for doing this with me. Have I said thank you yet? Yes, you have. Can I say thank you a thousand more times? Yes, you can. (laughs) You can. Definitely stepping out of my comfort zone to do this, but I love you so much, and I'd do anything for you. I love you so much. And you want to know what? To be completely honest, I'm glad you said that because I I don't think I had thought about it in that way. But thinking back, like, you came to me and said before we got married, I love you so much, but I can't give a speech at your wedding. Like, I love you. but And so I'm realizing now, like, this is stepping out of your comfort zone. But that doesn't mean that I don't love you, you know? Oh my I'm God, just like, I'm terrified. There are some people that just like, cannot, don't, will not, like, and that's totally fine. I prefer public speaking, clearly. No. Podcasting. This is a little easier because there's not like an audience, you know, and I don't have all the eyes on me. But yeah, I don't like attention on me. And that's why I don't want to have a wedding. Because, like... But you're going to have a wedding, <sighs> right? Well, not, like, the in the traditional sense. Yeah, we'll have a party when we get back from Vegas. But I'm coming to Vegas, Yes, too. you are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enough so about tired. me, but more about me. But <laughs> enough about me, but let's get some more of me going. Well, Devin, we've known each other for a really long time. Since high school, yes, a really long time. Since my senior year and your freshman year, mm-hmm. the Palms team. <laughs> yes, we were we were next to each other on kick line. Yeah, because we're identical in height. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we became instant friends. Like I spent. If you ask my parents, my parents will tell anyone who will listen. The year that we were in high school together, when it was just that one year, Mm -hmm. because you were a senior. Mm -hmm. 2007. My parents say they saw me a total of, like, 20 days out of the entire year. They were like, during the week, you'd sleep at Devin's. On the weekend, you'd sleep at Devin's. After school, you'd go to Devin's. I'm so happy we met. Me too. So... Obviously, I know you really well. We've established that. Mm-hmm. Um, but people listening don't know you. So just give us a short little spiel about you. Nothing work-related because we'll get into that. Okay. So um, I live in Hazel Park. I just, as you know, bought a house, <laughs> my first house a few years ago. Really proud of that. Um, my girlfriend, Carrie lives with me, and we're working on updating the house right now. She's doing a really awesome job. She's oh. already done a couple of really great projects. She's very handy, and if she doesn't know something, she'll learn it. I'm very fortunate to have her in my life. I was so happy when you finally bought that house. Mm-hmm. I was, like, the proudest of friend moments. Well, because you, if it, if it, 
wasn't for you, you kind of pushed me a little bit. Oh, I pushed you a lot of it. So I'm glad you still wanted to be friends with me. <laughs> so like that really helped. That was a push that I needed to like step out of my comfort zone and, you know, figure out figure out my life and what I wanted. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we we don't have any kids, but we have a dog named Olive. She's two years uh, old. And her and Jax are best of buddies. Yes. And she's so cute. She's adorable. Um, love her like a child. Devin. Yeah? Can you think back to when you were young? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I thought I had it all figured out because I wanted to be a babysitter, <laughs> then a lifeguard, and then I wanted to be a lawyer for the mm. rest of my life. And let me tell you, when I didn't go to law school, my grandma was real upset. <laughs> <laughs> At what age did you finally let go of the lawyer thing? <clears throat> um, probably late into high school when I'm like, you know, school's not really my jam. Mm -hmm. It's just not how I learn. Yeah. So I realized in order to be an attorney, you've got to go to school for many, many, many years. So when you finally came to that realization, did you then kind of pivot into something else or were you unsure for a while? I immediately wanted to do, I wanted to go into psychology and that's what I did in college. Mm -hmm. And then I realized then that I need a lot more schooling in order to do something with that. So Indeed, yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, and I landed in my current position as a financial analyst working in the IT finance department. Well, let's dive in because I've already admitted to everybody that I have no idea what a financial analyst is. And I feel super awful and guilty because I feel like we are so close. I feel like I should understand what it is that you do every day, uh, Monday through Friday. So let me tell you something. A f financial analyst, I, I didn't know what it was until I looked up the, the job description of a financial analyst. That's just my title. But for all intents and purposes, we can say I'm an AP specialist, an accounts payable specialist. And that's pretty self-explanatory in the name, accounts payable, you know. Sure paying things, mm -hmm. paying bills. Um, have you always been an accounts payable specialist? No, I haven't. Actually, when I was younger, I worked in the um, restaurant industry and in retail. And, um, you know, that just wasn't my thing because <laughs> I was just too sensitive. <laughs> yeah, working in restaurants is really tough. Respect to all of the servers 100%. out there. 100%. You got to have some thick skin. Um, and then in my early 20s, I was like, I worked re um, reception at a in an office for a general contracting company. So from there, I kind of like moved into the position of working under um, a controller, which is a head accountant for the company. Okay. It's not, it's not quite a CFO. It would be under. The controller works under the CFO. Gotcha. But a lot of companies are different. And that's sure. the thing. That's why I love this idea of your podcast. Because 
you hear a job description, but that job description differs from company to company. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I like... I like hearing about what people do compared to what their job title is. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you didn't know what a, um, a financial analyst did. Well, I just <laughs> told you, <laughs> AP specialist, you know, that's a little easier to understand, to grasp. Sure. And different companies have different titles for whatever reason for in different job descriptions and names for different reasons. Exactly. So yeah. it's all... It's all relative. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, I started working as the assistant to the controller. And that's when I decided, hey, finance or accounting is something that, like, I like. Well, I first, was- if we could dive in for a quick minute about you being the controller's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always kind of found the idea of being an assistant of anybody a little bit fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you get to learn directly from someone who is of the status that they can have an assistant. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like you get such a front row seat to that show. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about your experience in that role. Oh yeah, I learned everything on the job, you know, and it was it was fun. I mean, I guess like there's a lot of administrative work. To yeah, it. what were you doing on a daily basis? And that's what I, I find that's one of my strong suits, like administrative work. So I was just making sure that we had good relationships with our customers. Um, I was making sure that, you know, little ad hoc projects, like making sure that I had all the receipts, all the credit card receipts. Um, and I would go through the credit card statements and make sure I had all the receipts from all the employees. Um, credit cards, like people, like sales reps going out and taking people out for lunch, like basically for buying toilet paper for the office bathroom. Yes. And that's another thing that I would do though. Mm-hmm. I would, I would stack up on toilet paper for the bathrooms. Like okay. I just did a lot. I did a lot. Wherever somebody needed something, that's when, that's where I came in. Okay. You know, I, um, and it, it was a much smaller company though. And it was a family owned business. Mm-hmm. So there are maybe like 20 of us in all working in the office. So I was able to, I was able to do a lot working under, actually, I guess I was an assistant to not just the controller, but the CFO and the CEO, the president of the company. Mm-hmm. Like I just did a lot of things and it was nice because it gave me the opportunity to figure out what it is that I enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. And so then I think you kind of alluded to earlier that that then led you to wanting to explore the finance side of things. Mm-hmm. Like how did that come to be something that you realized you wanted? Um, I liked that there was really no gray area in accounting and in finance. There's like always just like a direct answer for things that you could, there's just like a way to do things, you know, and it was just like laid out for you and that's how you do it. I like having answers to things like yes, no answers. Like I'm not good with the gray areas. I like to have definite answers and knowing exactly what it is that I'm doing. Although that's not always the case, you know. You get projects all the time where you have to figure your way out. How long were you in that assistant role at that company? Mm, Probably about five or six years. I think five or six years. And then you moved into what role? 
I moved to a different company and I was in an accounts receivable role. Now okay. that's kind of the opposite of what I do now. Accounts receivable is basically you get the money, you get the you get payment from customers and you have to apply it to the correct projects. Think about it as receiving money, accounts payable, money going out. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, I found that I liked it. And, you know, there was these certain processes put in place. There has to be processes put in place when you're dealing with money, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I thought that that interested me. So, Okay, so how long were you then at that company for? Um, I was only there for nine months. I gleaned a lot of information from there. I took it with me. So then what drove you to leave that place? Really just better opportunities. Better opportunity to do what? (laughs) More responsibility with an accounts payable position. Mm -hmm. Bigger company. Yes, bigger company, more better benefits. I got more responsibility. I was going to school too. I decided that I wanted to try my hand at finance. So. You went back to school? Mm -hmm. How long were you in? I I took classes for a few years because I was going part-time. So I was going to school at Walsh. Gosh, I kind of remember The business school. Like yeah, but you know, school just—it's not my—it's not my thing. You not know? your jam. No, because I learn better on the job. Yeah, and that's how it is in a lot of positions. Like, I, you learn I on always, the job. I always struggled in school, and I always just wanted to work. I just knew I could be better at working than I could be at school. That's and how I, just I feel. Knew it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I ended up with an associate's degree. Um, I did well um, when I was in my classes, but, you know, it just became too overwhelming trying to navigate, you know, life and work and then school too. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Once you got your associate's degree, did that then come with more money for you at your next job? No. It did not? Mm-mm. Okay. And I was told at... Um, not my, not the last company that I was with, but the company prior to that by my manager that in my position, being an accounts payable specialist, like you're capped. That's not true. That's not the case because obviously I moved on and I've, I, I got paid more in each position that I moved on to. So, but that kind of was discouraging to me because I'm like, that made me think that I had to go back to school and get my degree in order to make more money in the position that I was in or to move out of that position and make more money. But I found that that's not the case. It just depends on what company, you know, that was, I moved on to a larger company and I was able to make more, Mm -hmm. but, um, I make it sound like that's all I'm looking for when I'm, when I'm looking, when I'm considering a career, but really it's not just about the money it's like do you do I enjoy doing it you know oh yeah do you enjoy doing it do you enjoy the people that you work for work Mm -hmm. with there are so do I get good benefits so many factors but ultimately we're there to get paid yeah where Mm -hmm. none of us are working for free Mm -hmm. so it's an important piece as well yeah um, and then I moved on to another role 
um, at a different company, the same role at a different company, excuse me, accounts payable specialist, but I was more on my own there. Like I kind of just got thrown into the mix and I had to come up with um, different processes and procedures because it was very unorganized. So like I helped get, get them. Oh, that probably taught you a ton. It did, um, but I would leave every night crying. Oh, not good. No, <laughs> it was not good for my mental health. So that's why I didn't stay there for very long. I stayed there for maybe, um, I think I stayed there for about a year, mm-hmm. about a year. And then um, a recruiter reached out to me while I was at that um, at that company and you via know, LinkedIn, um, yeah, I think it was LinkedIn, or they just called me. I can't remember, but usually, you know, I don't, I don't respond to those messages that I get on LinkedIn. Sure, because most of them, you can just take a quick glance and think and know that it's kind of a yeah. But I was so unhappy at that position. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you're super unhappy, you'll take anything just to move on. Yeah. As you should if it's truly. It sounds like I've done a lot of job hopping, but you know, that's, that's common. I think nowadays. it's it's extremely common now. And it's good because we can use that to our advantage. It's leverage that we have. I think we have a lot of leverage now that we never used to have. I think mm-hmm. it's important to talk about, and we'll talk about, um, money at some point if you're willing to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important for people to understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so your current role, mm-hmm. how long have you been there for? Um, this April, it'll be three years. Oh, that's funny. My work anniversary is in April. I don't remember us starting a new job at the same time. That's so cute of us. Three years? Mm-hmm. You've been there? Okay. And in, in April, this year, it will be three years. Huh, that's cute. That is cute. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to know? Well, I want to know a lot of things. What? I'm an accounts, a financial analyst for the IT finance department. So mm. let's throw that in there too. Okay. So there's a whole nother level to it when you get, when you got the IT going. Because the company that you work for is large enough where it requires mm-hmm. multiple Devons mm-hmm. in order to just handle that one department. Yes. Like we have a main accounting, a corporate accounting um, department. I do not work. I work with them, but I do not work in that department. Mm-hmm. So like we communicate, but I'm not in corporate, the corporate accounting department. Sure. I've never worked in IT before, so I've been learning a lot. I just want people to know basically that like with a position like this, it, it differs your your job description is going to differ depending on what company you work for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to it's going to be different. But the main the main idea is making sure the bills are paid and keeping track of those bills that you're paying. Right. And accounting for them mm-hmm. so they are in the right bucket. I imagine a position like yours, those job descriptions usually probably don't vary Mm-mm. a whole lot. Probably the same main bullet points that everyone hits on yes um yeah that's true and would do you find they're pretty accurate actually no not all the time they're not always accurate sometimes they can seem very um intimidating Mm. the job descriptions but when you get into it you're like oh this isn't like 
helping with financial reports, you know, helping to create financial reports. Well, that sounds very intimidating, but really it's just writing, writing in the account numbers that this expense goes to. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Yeah. When, especially because, oh, Brandon's here. <laughs> oh, and there Jax goes. <laughs> but especially because when you're reading a job description, you're already a little intimidated because it's a brand new thing. And then you get the job and you're like, oh, that's just that? Cool. Mm-hmm. I got that. Or you go in for the interview and they kind of, they they go into more detail about what you'll be doing on a daily basis. Sometimes they'll do that in an interview, but sometimes they won't go into what you'll be doing on a daily basis in an interview. Ask questions if you feel intimidated mm-hmm. because a lot of times it just sounds intimidating but what you're actually doing on a day-to-day basis is not i think it's super important to view an interview is not only am i being interviewed but i am interviewing the company oh absolutely because it goes both ways oh yeah not every company is a good fit and the more questions you ask the better chances you have of figuring it out before. And you won't always figure it out before. No, but. Sometimes it takes going to that job for yeah. a few weeks to realize, eh, this isn't really my thing. Yeah. And if it's not your thing, get out of there as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's some advice that I'd give somebody. That if you're not feeling a job a few weeks into it, don't waste any more time. Yeah. Like, don't. And don't waste that. any more of the company's time either. Because the more time they're investing in you and training you. I understand when you explain it as accounts payable, mm-hmm. money going out. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea what it is that you're doing every day and like what that means. Because obviously it's not you just sitting on a computer pressing the green pay button. Right. So it starts with an email. I get always an e- starts with an email. Yes. I get an email request saying like our subscription to this application or maintenance this has this is like in the IT department mm-hmm. um is going to expire so we need to renew our licenses like for example um our adobe licenses mm-hmm. somebody comes to me and says they're about to expire we need to renew them yep. so um they send me a quote and a quote basically lists out what it is, the product that we are looking to purchase and how much. Okay. So I then have to go and make a requis- create a requisition, which basically is that item and what um, department it's going to be charged to, what the expense is going to go to. Mm-hmm. And I have to submit that for approval. It goes up the chain and goes through the approval process. How many levels does... This request it's, have to go through. It depends on how much. The sure, that makes sense. For. If it's over a hundred thousand dollars, then it's got to go through. Makes sense. More people. So, but um, then it goes to the requisition. Then goes to the purchasing department after it's been approved and everything, and they create a purchase order. The purchase order then gets sent back to the supplier, and they provide us with that service whatever we're paying for, and then they send us an invoice. And that's, it, it's, my job comes full circle. So I'm there from the beginning, um, and then I, I get the bill, and I have to process the invoice mm-hmm. for payment, make sure it gets paid. So that's that's 
one of my many jobs. Another part of my job is man- managing the payments on our telecom accounts. Telecom, phone, internet. Okay. So I have to make sure that, you know, those services don't get don't get disconnected yeah. by keeping up on the payments, making sure that the... And I imagine there's probably people at your company that have company cell phones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Th- Those I, bills have to get paid? Yes. So I on a weekly basis, we'll log on to all of our portals for whatever supplier and pull the invoices from our portals because we have, like, several accounts for each supplier because we have plants all over the world. We have over... Manufacturing facilities. Yes, we have over 100. So um, I, I make sure that their internet works and their phones work. Our engineering software licenses and maintenance they come to me to get po's cut before they can um purchase a software or maintenance or license so i create the requisitions that get turned into purchase orders that get sent to the supplier the supplier then sends an invoice and provides us with those services sends an invoice that i process and this this is like my everyday Mm -hmm. thing you know yep so Every week I'm doing the same thing. Every month I'm doing the same thing. It's nice. It's nice to have a routine. I like routine. I thrive with routine. Um, And then I have my monthly um, duties, which are a little more complicated because I have to, it involves a lot of spreadsheets, but basically I have to put into our actual, our budget actuals file, um, what we spent in the prior month, what we actually spent compared to what's budgeted. Right. How often are you guys over budget? Um, it happens, but a lot of times, you know, the goal is to be under. Right. And is that accomplished a lot of the time? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. good. It is because my my manager is like in charge of going back to suppliers and saying, Hey, we don't we don't wanna pay this price for you know, your software, like, meet us somewhere in the middle. Right. So that's his his job, my manager, my okay. job manager. Um, yeah, and we, I also have to, we use Amazon Web Services, AWS. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like, it's like um, cloud hosting, hosting things on the cloud. Oh, okay. So we use a lot yeah, of... Yeah, that stuff's not free either. No, it's not. <laughs> a lot of our, most of our applications are hosted on the AWS cloud. And so... Every month, it's my responsibility to get the report, <laughs> our AWS report that shows all the applications that we use around the company, and I have to allocate those costs to each site. Okay. It's a lot of looking at spreadsheets. but um, I, Hey, some people love looking at spreadsheets. I can't stand looking at spreadsheets. I mean, sometimes I need them, and when I need them, it's nice to have them. Um but it, it makes my brain hurt. It's honestly. fun. It's like putting, it's just like putting expenses in the appropriate boxes. You sure. Know? So I've had the opportunity to learn a lot of new softwares in this position too. Um, and that's, that's what it's about, you know, being teachable mm-hmm. too. That's a big thing. Um, and being open to change and growth 
because I can't tell you how many times like I've learned a software and then the company has decided that they don't want to use that software anymore. They want to use something more updated or the company's grown and so they've outgrown their software. So that's what I mean by, tr by um, training on the job, learning on the job. That's something I never learned Oracle in college. Right. I don't even know if there's an Oracle college course, but like I learned that on the job. And then I have a counterpart too, who does the exact same thing that I do. Um, but we just like split the work basically. Like, you know, we monitor the inbox and all the email requests coming in for the requisition requests. What are some challenges that maybe you have in your current role? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure we all deal with people not responding to emails, mm -hmm. right, in a timely mm -hmm. manner. So I get that a lot. A lot of follow-up required for this A gig. lot of follow-up and a lot of organization, too. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there's a lot of follow-up to people not replying to emails. A lot of times you find yourself working in a like silo you're just used to and know what you do in your department in your position but for me like I need to know the I do better when I know the big picture and so that's a challenge that I have because I'm not always informed of the big picture I just work doing what I do all right you ready to get into it yeah I'm ready to get into it all right let's talk about money 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 Okay. Um, we don't have to dive into anything too specific. We can put things into buckets. So zero to 50,000, 50 to 100, 100 plus. Where am I in that? Mm-hmm. With your current role. Um, I'm in the 50 to 100 bucket. Okay. <laughs> but honestly, I don't know what the typical um salary is for somebody in this position and that's i mean that's something that some every people should know and that's why i find that it's important to talk about your salary with your coworkers and with your friends is it's good to be open about that because then you can find out how much you want to be making for what you do and how much you should be making it's good to have that conversation with people but i think that i'm in the median range of for my position i think it's definitely but, good to understand the market and what's out there mm -hmm. um and like what what the size of the company you're working for too that, mm -hmm. that and i know you worked for a company at one point where you would just sign something that said you agreed that you would not speak about your salary yes um so there are certain companies that really take that seriously but have you ever looked at Glassdoor? I have. I have in the past, but not recently. So that's why I don't know why. I've, I've used it, and I don't use it for trying to read reviews about a company because who writes reviews? People that are really pissed mm -hmm. or people that are really happy. But I, what I've found and what I've seen on Glassdoor is that it's typically just like all – the people that are were probably really bad at their job that got fired or it just truly wasn't for them. But what I do find it useful for is salaries. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not give you a ton of information, but it usually gives you enough to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, also LinkedIn too. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, I'd say that I I should do more research on that. But um, I don't... You should. You should do more research. And you might find that you're exactly where a lot of people are. And also, a college degree can dictate how much you make, too. Would they have hired you if you didn't have a college degree at your current company? Honestly, in the job description, a college degree was required for this position. Okay. Uh, bachelor's, mm-hmm. which I did not have, Mm-mm. but I was hired in because I was going to school at the time. Gotcha. And my manager liked the idea of that, and... Um, well, and it's nice too if someone's currently in school, you're picking up new things, right? Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. classes, so it's kind of nice to have somebody with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say that I don't think it's required to do what I do. Well, would you say that you're happy with your job? You like your job? Yeah. Like I said, I thrive in routine, and I have the same, you know, I have the same routine every week every month Mm -hmm. so I'd say this is not a position for somebody who likes who likes to do something different every day right you know spiced up a little bit yeah um but it works for me I want to talk about your boss and like who you specifically report to Mm -hmm. um do you do you have to work really closely with your boss is it um is there a lot of um oversight or is a lot of independent work um or do you and your boss have a good relationship um well my boss is a senior it manager and he reports to the vp and the cio so we work together more so as like a team you know we all have our our responsibilities that we have to that we have to complete on a daily basis, a monthly basis, you know, so. There's a lot of teamwork involved. Yeah, I consider it like teamwork, not me working for my boss, you know, because what I do helps him, which helps his boss, you know, so. um, So if you worked in your current role and you didn't have a good relationship with your boss, would you find your job to be difficult? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a good relationship with your manager is um, it's very important because you have to be at a certain comfort level to have the ability to ask questions or ask for help when you need it. So I believe that having a good relationship with your manager is is very important. And also, like... I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've been working from home, you know, and that's how I, I um, started this position. I trained at home. You know, we came back to the office for a few months. After like, COVID. Yeah, for three days a week, but then they ended up sending us back home. And so I... Why did they make that decision? Because COVID got worse again. It got oh, better. Oh, okay. Got worse. You're talking about back then. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I would have to say that working from home puts a little strain on um, building a good relationship with your boss because... It's difficult to do when you're not it in is. person. We don't talk every day, mm-hmm. you know, but but it's nice 
that, you know, he doesn't micromanage his employees. Well, um, he must not feel like he needs to. Right. You mentioned, you know, being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's just like a life skill. You should have that as a right, life Right, that's kind of where, where my head was at, yeah. <laughs> Is there any advice that someone's given you in um, a career space specifically or just general life advice that you've kind of always remembered and will never forget? Because if you're, if you're not... They will find somebody who is, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a really that's a really important important lesson to learn. You know, you have to be open to change. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I may not know exactly what I want to do, and I want to make sure that um, I have a positive impact on someone somewhere you know I want to make sure I'm helping somebody whether it be the the shareholders in my current position Mm -hmm. or the upper management to find out how they're spending their money yeah or you know I'm sure your company finds you extremely helpful yeah (laughs) that's the thing though about um about finance and accounting like it tends to be overlooked and like taken for granted a lot of times I think you might be right I have a customer who came from the accounting world and I took her to lunch once it was the first time I'd ever taken her to lunch and she said something to the effect of wow this is so this is such a treat you know I never was taken out to lunch by anybody when I was in accounting (laughs) and I I thought, oh my gosh, you're right. These poor accounting people. If you're in purchasing, psh, mm-hmm. lunches, fun evening activities, you know, those people get pampered. Poor accounting people. Yeah, you can't run a successful business without having a good accounting or finance. You're so right. Well, if you career-wise, you know maybe haven't yet stumbled across the thing that you think you want to do further down the road. Do you have any thoughts on after you're done working? I imagine you may not have plans to work your entire life. Maybe retire at some point. Absolutely. I would love to retire and love to travel. Travel? Yeah. I haven't done much of that. I haven't had the opportunity to do much of that, but I hope that I can retire at a fairly reasonable age. Mm-hmm. So I still have the ability to do all the traveling that I want and just enjoy life. Can we travel with you? Yes. Yay. Yes. Well, Devin, it's been real. It's been real. Seriously, I thank you so much for taking a big leap out of your comfort zone and doing this with me it means a lot really oh i love you i love you thank you for having me as a guest well maybe 
when you stumble upon your next venture and you, you find your next level of success, you'll let me do this again? Absolutely. Yay! Absolutely. Let's do it again. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.